Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio B. This is Studio B. We got it together. I'm in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick, how you doing? Great to be here. It is great to be here. I tell you what, it's we've wonderful. got a, we got a, a, a goody but shorty for you guys today. Um, we are in the middle of the days of awe at this point, right? So, well, we're in the middle, we're at the beginning of the days of yeah, awe. Yeah, beginning. We're recording this, and today is Yom Teruah. Last night Jeez we the had trumpets, a, yeah. a great celebration service. We blew, we tooted our horns, right? A little burp, burp, burp. That's right. And, uh, and so we are now headed into the days of awe. And so that's the 10 days between Yom Teruah, which is Tishri 1, yes. to Yom Kippur, which is Tishri 10. So these, these 10 days are the days of awe. And then from Jewish tradition, like when you say Teshuvah, a lot of times they're thinking about this specific 10 days. They don't always include the 30 right. days before. We include the 30 days before because, look, you got to get your, your mind and your heart right. and your soul ready and right to, to enter into to the kingdom. That's Amen. right. It's also said that uh, on Yom Teruah, the gates are opened, right? So the king has Pretty opened much, the gates, yeah. right? He was he, in the field he's during on, Elul. He was on the throne. Right. He was in the, he was in, the uh, in the field during Elul. Right. He has made his way to the palace. He now sits on the throne. He's been coronated. Right. Right. And so now he sits to judge the people. And now he's got 10 days where he's going through and he's saying, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. He's, he's dividing the sheep from the goats. Right. And then the gates close. September other, 16th in the evening. That's right. So on the, Tishri 10. On the other side of that gate, when the gates close, there will be weeping. The Nila service. And gnashing of teeth. Yes. And Yeshua talks about this. He does. So um, so that's what we're at as far as our, our timeline for the feast days. It's also very prophetic. Remember the fall feast point towards Yeshua's second coming. He went away on a trip. He's coming back. And he will sit and judge the people. That's right. During the 10 Another days rehearsal. of all in the future. So In the books. All right, so now we are moving on to our Torah portion for today, which is Vayalek. This is, uh, it means, and he went, and can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 31 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 31 and verse 30. So we have one chapter today. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm going to read Joshua taking the, uh, the position of the leader. He's going to be appointed the new leader. In uh, Deuteronomy 31, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day. I could no more go out and come in also, the Lord hath said unto me. Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee. And thou shalt possess them, and Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sion and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. 
And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Wow. So how was Moses... How old was Moses when he made Joshua the new leader of the people? He was the insurance age, 120 years old. That's right. It says it right there. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I'm 120 years old. Insurances and disability things that do annuities, they pay out to your 120. So if you live to 121, you have to live with your children. <laughs> which which by quite, then will be what, 95? Yeah, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite simple. You know, this is interesting because... Joshua's the successor, and he's an Ephraimite. Yeah. Moses is a Levite, and the Levites teach the Torah and the teachings and instructions. They were the first dermatologists. If you had a skin affliction, yeah. you went to the priest. All issues went to the priesthood and learning the Torah and all that. So it's finding it interesting. There's this transition of leadership from Levi to Ephraim. And Ephraim, we know, became many nations. That's right. When Jacob crossed his hands, would become a fullness of nations, a multitude of nations. That's, That's right. what it actually says in the, in the, in the verse and in the, in the Strong's Concordance. Yeah. The connotation is that, that Ephraim would become the Goyim, you know, the Goy. Uh, Jeremy Gimpel and I were sitting right here, and uh, he was telling me, because in Hebrew it's Melo HaGoyim, right? And so he held up his water bottle. Right. Just like this. And he said, he says, this water bottle is mellow with water. It's filled with water. He says, so another way to think of this fullness of the Gentiles is that the, the nations will be filled with Ephraim. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Ah. And it's the word pleroma in the Greek. That's right. Fullness. Fullness. It's like yeah. a container that's missing something, but you add to it. Yes. Then it's full. That's correct. It's like Yeshua fulfilling the law. That's I, right. I didn't come to do away. I came to fulfill, to mm, fill it up, to do it. To bring it to Pleroma in the Greek. So uh, this is very important to study and to look at and understand that there are mature people that are coming out of the nations that are not Jewish, that are from the nations, uh, as part of the reconciliation of the Jews and Gentiles. And it would make sense that there's natural branches and wild branches and that God is creating this family reunion. Yeah. And we do have a lot in common. So, um, you know, that's, that's the cool thing. Uh, so did the Lord say to Moses that the people would go whoring after his death? Yeah, what an awful part Why of Why tell that? Moses this? Yeah, hey, I know you're about to die, and I know that you've been working really hard to help these people get their lives together, but um, yeah, when you leave, they're going to go off a horn. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of like you as a leader, you think sometimes, gosh, did I really let the people down? Yeah. Did I, was, was I the disappointment? Right. When in fact, he's like, the Lord's like, no, no. This is their own free will. Right. You can't, you can't control that part of it. You, know? right. you want the sheep to do well and good. Yeah, but, you know, we were reading that book um, that we were reading the other day, and it, it, this also is kind of a foreshadow to the fact that they're not going to be able to do the commands, right? So like we, were always, we always knew that there was going to be a need for a Savior. Right. right. That there's a righteous standard, and the people are going to fail. And so God literally has to send himself in order to help them to give them his Holy Spirit and the grace that comes with it in order to do the things he's called us to oh, do. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the Torah leads us to Christ. I mean, really, it's absolutely. that simple. So why don't you read Deuteronomy thirty-one sixteen? Because here's the other question. Did the Lord tell Moses that after his death the people would break the covenant? Oh, absolutely. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of, strangers, of the strangers of the Lamb, whither they go to be among them. 
and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. You know, the two things that we need to do, Ryan, this is why he's given us the Holy Spirit. It's really not that complicated. Is that to hear his voice and keep his covenant. Yeah. You know, fear God, keep his covenants. You know, that's what uh, the, the sum of the whole matter is in Ecclesiastes. And by the way, as we approach the, the holy days of the fall feasts, uh, Ecclesiastes is read during uh, the Feast of Sukkot or Tabernacles. Right. Uh, Jonah's read for Yom Kippur. So as we look at this uh, storyline here, uh, it, it goes on to say, um, what two things would befall the people as the result of God's anger for breaking the covenant? It says evils and troubles. So those both don't sound good. Um, you know, the, the idea here that the people are going to go a-whoring after the go- other gods and the gods of the strangers and things like that, it's, it's interesting. I know that within church circles when you're doing Bible study and you're reading and you're like, they had God right there. He parted the sea for them. He did these things. And we always you know, tend to you know, either out loud or in our minds pick on the Israelites and pick on these people. Yeah, for, for we need to put ourselves in their shoes, though. Well, it's, exactly. We are in their shoes. We are. Because, we, first off, we have Yeshua, right? So we have, if they had no excuse, we have the Holy Spirit. We have, like, less than no excuse, right? And yet we look around at the world and we look at whatever all that God has done and we see how one generation, uh, you know, tolerates something and the next generation embraces it. And this happens over and over and over again. And so people look at, say, like the Orthodox Jews and they're like, oh, they're so legalistic. But the Orthodox Jews don't mess around with any of this stuff. Right. For thousands of years. That's how they remained a community. Right. We're a talking 2,000 years. Because they created their own communities and kept the law. That's what saved them. And they, exactly I mean, right. And so they have had a yeah. consistent you know, heritage of the commandments of God for 2,000 years. And the reason that we even have a Bible today and that we have Jesus today is because of them and how, quote unquote, legalistic they are. But they taught the next generation the commandments of God. Right. And with that comes a prevention or a preventative measure to not assimilate into the ways of the heathen, right? Jeremiah 10 says, hey, don't do what the heathen do. (laughs) And what do we do? We do what the heathen do. Yeah, I mean, in in verse 17 of 31, it says, then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? Now look at the Holocaust. I mean, they were literally a burnt offering. They were they were a burnt offering. They were consumed, and uh, and the ashes, of course, uh, beauty for ashes of becoming a nation. Yeah. Uh, and so it says in verse eighteen, and I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought, in that they are turned unto other gods. You know, uh, Ellie Weissel was talking about a great you know, author, Jewish author, about the Holocaust and different things. He wrote about different things. But, um, you know, he'd made mention that, you know, why couldn't the Allies have just bombed the train tracks to the gas chambers, you know, just something simple, you know. Yeah. Why'd they have to go the whole extent of the, you know, that not happening. Right. You know, and so there, there's a lot of questions yeah, in that I, regard. I think there know? was a measure of denial, right? That That's true, too. Yeah. And of course, when they went in there, the, the Allied soldiers and saw the camps and the skinny bodies and the, just what they, they it was it was detestable. Yeah, and I believe it was a general says it take as many pictures as you can because there's a come a time where they're going to try to deny this. Oh, absolutely. I think it was uh, I don't know what general it was. 
Who was it? I don't remember. But anyway, it was a high-ranking officer. He's a hero, though. Yeah, and he said, take all the pictures you can yeah. because there's going to come a time where they're going to deny any of this happened. Well, that's but part we, of the reason that Truman— wow, how um, smart is that? Yeah, Truman, they, they talk about you know the video because they actually took video of the camps. They showed the video to Truman, President yeah. Truman at the time. Yeah. And that's part of the reason that Truman became you know one of the biggest supporters of the— um, Becoming a nation. Becoming a nation. Because he had a Jewish friend. Well, and he saw— See, it's one thing to know about things or to hear. But think about the news today, right? You know, you hear about things. Oh, that's so sad that that happened to those people over there that I will never see or never know anything about. But today, with the way media works, that you get a, your eyes get accosted. Yeah, there's by actually these a, a Russian proverb that Ronald Reagan liked to, to share with Gorbachev. You know, yeah. he said that uh, um, seeing something or hearing know, about something. Well, right? seeing something, yeah. you know, one time. Is better than hearing about it a thousand times. Right, 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 right. So seeing something one time is better yeah. than hearing about it a thousand times. So let's jump into this because now th this is going to be uh, 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 something interesting going on here. Uh, what did Moses teach the children of Israel besides the law? He taught them a song. A song. Now, therefore, write ye this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that the song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Now, that's going to be in chapter 32 next week. We're going to do that song together. And notice in Revelation, they sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. So, yeah, there's a, there's a song of deliverance and Miriam played the tambourine. A thousand children began to sing. When they came out of Egypt, there was a great song of, of, of deliverance. Right which is a truly an, an astounding song. But the, I believe that, that chapter 32 next week is the song of Moses. It is, absolutely. And they sing the song of Moses. So um, in Deuteronomy 31, 21, it says, And it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land, which I swear. So the song is going to be a witness, is it not, Ryan? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a song. And, uh, and that's interesting. You know, there's only like 30, 30 verses in this chapter. Um, and of course, why don't you read? Let's go ahead and look at the... Uh, Let's see here. Oh, yeah, basically in verse 22, Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. So why don't you go ahead and read verses 24 to 30, Ryan. And this is Moses speaks to the Levites, and we're going to finish up this chapter, but I figured we'd go ahead and read that part. That's right. And it came to pass. When Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death? Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves, and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, 
and evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel and the words of this song until they were ended. Wow, interesting. So these are the last words of a dying man. Everybody knows that. You know, if you think about it, in Deuteronomy, it's a book of remembrance. Uh, five key words are to remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. And then, of course, uh, there's four parts to the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, there is, of course, uh, remembrances of the past, chapters one through four. So these, these are the last words of a dying man. Yeah. Like about within, they say a little over a month, maybe four, six weeks or something. So chapters one through four are remembrances of the past. Uh, chapter four and verse 44, all the way through chapter 26, are commandments for the present. And here we are, uh, options affecting the future. Uh, these are verses 27 through 30. But since we're at 31 now, these are the parting words of Moses. Of Moses. So where was the book of the law placed? So it says it was put in the side of the ark. Right? Interesting. Yeah, so, on the so side, yeah. Like next to it? Or was it put inside? Yeah. Inside? Was there like a side pocket? You know, if you think about the ark of the covenant as a, as a throne or a chariot, and the wings of the angels are like the backrest and the mercy seat. Yeah. Think, of, think about those three things that are in the ark. You know, it's 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 manna, Aaron's rod, and the testament. You know, it's the Torah. But it's three it's things. it's the the that's the tablets of stone. But then yeah. also the book of the law because there's the one yeah. that God wrote with His finger, which right. is the tablets. Right. But then on top of that, it says here that Moses wrote. Right. It says right here. Um, As it came to pass, Moses had made an end of writing the book, the words of this law, in a book. Till they were finished. So he wrote, God's saying, hey, here's the law. Interesting. He's writing it. That God had him put that book yeah, I mean, into the ark. If, if, if we stop and think about a kingdom, yeah, it's all in the ark of the covenant. Because yeah, here's the thing that right. really is interesting. Right. It is. I mean, if you think about a real kingdom, mm-hmm. well, first of all, you have the creator, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You have the, the father sitting on this throne, and it's called a mercy seat. Not a tyrant seat. Right, right. Not a dictator right, seat. Right. A mercy seat. Interesting, yeah. So he knew he gave us free will and we would need mercy. Yes. Because we would make bad decisions. He <laughs> says, choose life. Yeah. So so my thing is, uh, contained within, underneath him, is of course, uh, it's the, the rod represents leadership. Right. A leader. Yeah. And then of course, the, the manna is provision. And then, of course, the, the, the Constitution would be the Torah. Yeah. So let's just say, think about some countries now, even in the Middle East, there's a tyrant. Yeah. Bad leader. Like Assad in Syria. So there's really no manna, and it's lawless. Right. See? And especially when it comes to breaking of humanitarian laws. So I'm just saying that you've got to have a good leader, good staff. You'll get provision through manna. That's your provision to sustain you. And then, of course, the Constitution, which is what he's sitting on. Yeah. So if anything has to break down, even in a church, let's say you have a bad leader. Yeah. Things are going to start to break down. Right. And let's just say it's a free-for-all. There's really no gospel or preaching repentance or anything like that. You're really not fit to sit on the ark. Yeah. So just something to think about. So what did Moses say would befall the people in the latter days, because of their disobedience. Evil. Bad things. And, you know, you know, God was uh, friendly with Moses, and he actually revealed himself in a greater way than he did even Abraham, when you think about it. Yes. You know, God got to eat with Abraham. Abraham got to eat with God and the two angels. Remember That's that? right, yeah. That whole theophany thing. But remember now, when they made that Mosaic Covenant, 
Moses got to go up on the mountain for 40 days and, and, and be with him. Yeah, well, he put him not in the just, cleft of the just, rock. Not just for lunch and eating a cheeseburger, by. but he got to actually spend 40 days. And he even says that, hey, I, I'm going to reveal myself to you unlike the way right. that I revealed to them. And then also when they made the Mosaic Covenant that he brought all the elders together and they went up and had a meal with 70, God. Yeah, yeah, so it says that God ate with them. They had a meal with God. Yeah. So in closing here, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Vayelech, and he went, uh, from a consensus of Ryan? What do you have, Ryan? I have two. Th- you want me to do mine first? I mean, I, yeah, I really don't have one, but yes, go ahead. Well, here's what I got as I just read this one chapter. It right. really stood out to me, which is so relevant for today. Number one, Joshua was the successor to Moses. Right. Who's your successor? Yeah. Who's See, your in leadership. Successor? I have to think about this as well. Yeah. So Joshua was the successor to Moses. So who is your successor? Just like Susie stepped down from the worship team and went to Maryland for another opportunity, a new chapter in her life, and she uh, believed that Josiah was the successor and, and, and passed the mantle on to him, Yeah. my son. So, you know, it works in a good way. Number two, I would say that Moses warned Israel what would happen to Israel uh, because of their disobedience in the latter days. And here we are in the latter days. So if you yeah. say you're Israel, is the road that you're on leading to God? Are you yeah. on the right path? Are you in the kingdom of God or the kingdoms of this world? Right. So anyway, those are my two things out of that one little chapter. And then next week's the Song of Moses. Yeah. My, my, what I got out of this is I got the value of fences. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about the way that uh, people put fences around, or the Jewish people put fences around the Torah commandments, right? So... They do this because if you're not going to break, you know, the fence law, right? Then the fence law is protecting Aren't the main. Are you supposed law. to make like a parapet around the, the, your roof? Right, like railing, railing, so that you don't fall off. Exactly right. So in the same manner, I look at the commandments of God as a protective measure that He's providing us, so that we in our hearts will not turn astray. Right? We're not looking to other places or for our fulfillment. So like maybe He wants to separate you by saying you should eat clean. Well, think about in a world where we live in, where there's so many opportunities to not eat clean, we have the opportunity to be marked by God by being and being in covenant with him by just eating clean. So like when they bring, everybody's eating ham, we're eating turkey, right? When everybody else is eating crab, you know, we're eating salmon. Right. You know, the, the different little things that we do that make us different. And what that does is it calls to mind the covenant, right? right? It calls it to mind wherever we are. And that's the whole point here is so that we would not go and do what the stranger does. So many people want to say that our Christian liberty gives us the liberty, quote unquote, right. to do all these other things. But these were given to us as a gift from God right. to protect us, to do good to us, not to harm us. So this is not something that you want to be free from. Do you really want to be free from the seatbelt in the car? Right. Really? Click it or ticket. <laughs> right? So yeah, maybe click it or ticket can be the harsh side of the law, right? But the the seatbelt itself is there to protect you. And so I think that's the important piece. That's what I get out of this tour portion. Because God is trying to protect us from the evil and the troubles befalling us, right? Um, He doesn't want these things to happen to us. He wants uh, to be in covenant with us. He doesn't want to be forced to forsake us, right? Look at this. So um, he says in uh, verse 17 that he's going to forsake them, right? And he's angry. Right, he's going to forsake them, and evils and troubles are going to befall them. Why? Because they did not keep the covenant. Now, praise God, we have Yeshua, and God has promised through Yeshua that he will never leave us or forsake us. But 
the bottom line is that our sin separates us from God. So when we keep the covenant, then we, it prevents us from doing the larger sins, right? For the things that would, would be, you know, a perfect example. Orthodox Jewish men don't shake hands or hug women. Yeah. Why? I wonder how much adultery is going on in the Orthodox Jewish community. Now, I'm not saying it never happens, but I would say it's probably a much smaller percentage. Well, they even say there's a small population of Jewish people in jail because the the parents are always blessing them and speaking over them life and everything. Praise God. You know, when you brought up the the, the value of of fences and railings, uh, I I was reminded that the Bible gives us guardrails and guideposts. Yes, 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 yes. So there's a way not to go off the edge. Right. And then there's a way to say, hey, this is the way to go. Yeah. Now, it is interesting because on the table of showbread, there's two railings. There's two, um, I want to say. Yeah, railings. Railings. Yeah. And a hand breadth away. Yep. There's two of those. So just in case the bread wants to try to jump off, there's another <laughs> fence. Right. No, exactly right. And, um, you know, railings and guideposts, uh, it also reminds me that there's a ditch on both sides of the road, you know, and so many people look to the left or to the right. You know, you can turn to the left or to the but the path is ahead of us, right? God is lighting up the path like a runway, like stay on this path. <laughs> and what do we do? We find some way to say, oh, no, it's okay. I have a canoe. I can be in the ditch. You know, I can. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true, Ryan. You know, I never realized how bad evil is or even bad behavior until I've been a pastor. And I do pretty much live a sheltered life. Oh, yeah. You're more out there than I am in the yeah. real world. And I don't mind it, but it's really like I just like to go from my home to, to the church. Yeah. Go to Books a Million, get a coffee and read, read my magazine or read a book or something. But yeah. I really am limited on where I go and what I do because yeah. there's, not, there's no real you know, reason for me just to be out on the road driving around and everything. And yeah. I'm just trying to concentrate on what's really important. What, God, what is God really saying? Yeah. Because I really feel like, you know, the remnant's being attacked now. Oh, absolutely. Now, you can have a remnant, but now they're being attacked, yeah. assaulted. So we got to say, how can we strengthen the remnant? Yeah. Well, we got to stay positive. We got to be, you know, um, grateful. Um, you know, we have to really just, just encourage one another, you know, and not be so judgmental. You know, and uh, people are in different places. And, and like I said, there's a lot of distractions. And I think that Beit Tehillah has kind of fallen prey to, to that seed that, you know, uh, where it just gets kind of choked out because of the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life, right. which is so easy to do. Yep. And that actually means that there's no life that you can bring because it's been choked out. I'll give you an right. example. Like, really, when was the last time you worshipped? Or when was the last time you prayed or read your Bible? So when it says that it chokes out the word. Right chokes out the word right you know if i ask you you know have you know have you read the torah portions have you read your bible yeah and you say no well then the word has been literally choked out of your life i mean yeah. that, it doesn't breathe you you suffocated it right and that's why give us this day our daily bread you know um like a proverb a day is good oh yeah. little things you know the hand washing a proverb a day a proverb a day um, is great because phew. there's 31 of them and in They're many just, months, there's yeah. 31 days. You know, I got the uh, ESV version, English Standard Version, just for reading, and I've really enjoyed that that translation. Yeah, it's just it's got a lot of cool stuff and neat stuff with it. Sure, but uh, that's all I have. That's for this great. Yom Thank you. You know, this like I said at the beginning, this was uh, a goodie, but a shorty. Um, you know, it's uh, one of the tour portions that is normally paired up with the last tour portion that we did. Um, is it together. sometimes? Yeah it's, normal, yeah, it's normally a double portion. Interesting. But this year we have the extension. we still have the Song of Moses and then 33 and 34 to close it out. Exactly. We actually right. have two more portions to yeah. do. Praise God. You know, I like to extend it because I get, I don't want to say anxious, but I love the tour portions. And then 
there's that anxiety of starting over, you know, but then you get into it and it's great, you know. And by the third week, you're almost into the storyline of, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. Because like chapters one through almost beginning of six is the first portion. It's just right. so much. Yeah, it's the garden. It's the flood. Babylon, everything. Yeah. And yeah. then you hit Noah. Yep. Then Abraham. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. The fall of Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. A boat, then Abraham. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, why don't you pray us out? All right. Thank you, Father, for Yom Teruah, for Rosh Hashanah. We're at 5782 officially today. We want to thank you for everyone listening. We thank you for your sons and daughters. We thank you for your presence, Father. We just, we come before you. We thank you for uh, just purging us, purifying us, Father. We just, we ask forgiveness for our iniquities and our sins, Father, for we have fallen short of, of, of your glory. We've fallen short, but you will raise us up. You will lift us up, Father. You will strengthen us. The righteous man falls seven times, he can still arise. And so I encourage all those that are listening that you are good enough. God loves you. And just draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. And we ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, if you guys want to reach out, it's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff with the podcast. Bless you. Have a great week.